You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women all over the country rediscover a migraine-free life. Today, I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community, about chiropractic care for migraines, pros and cons, benefits, and things to consider. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Hey, good. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Good. Very good. So I thought we would talk about chiropractic care and migraines since this is a question that comes up so frequently in our free Facebook group, Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar ND. Right. You know, and we also, not only do we get questions about it, but a lot of people in comments are like, hey, have you been to the chiropractor or have you tried this or that with the chiropractor? So it's definitely something to dive into. Yep. And most chiropractors market themselves to migraine sufferers. It's a very common thing that chiropractors will market themselves as. In fact, across the street from my office is a strip mall that has a chiropractor in it. And one day he was in our building because he's friends with a therapist that has an office in my building. And so he happened to be in our building visiting her. And then he saw my sign outside my office. So he knocked on the door and introduced himself. And, you know, he asked me what I do. I told him, I told him I specialize and work with women all over the country who have chronic migraines. And so immediately he jumped in and said, oh yeah, I, I treat migraines too. You know, I, I work with a lot of, a lot of people with migraines And then he kind of started, it was funny, he kind of started boasting a little bit. And he's like, in fact, I have uh, 500 new patients this year. And I don't know, maybe the year was three quarters over or something like that. And I was like, oh, okay, good for you. And I kind of chuckled because, you know, if you have 500 new patients in a year, you're really kind of churning through those patients. Right. I'm like, weird flex. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. Yeah, because I don't know why why he had to throw that in there, but it was kind of funny because I work with about 50 women a year and I'm working with women with chronic migraines and I'm working very intensively with them to help them restore their health. And so there was, there's absolutely no way that I could work with 500 chronic migraine sufferers in a year. Not, and he wasn't saying that all of his new patients were migraine patients, but just kind of the way he put it, it was kind of interesting to me. Well, I mean, I think that just goes to show that it's more like a traditional doctor model where you see a patient for 15 minutes you know, like in and out, do what you can, hope it does something and like send people on their way, (laughs) like back to the spaghetti on the wall treatment, right? (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. And most chiropractors are covered by insurance and insurance reimburses doctors for short appointments. They don't reimburse a doctor to spend an hour and a half going over in detail with a patient. You know, they reimburse for 10 or 15 minute appointments. And so chiropractors, they have had to adjust how they practice so that they can make money in an insurance environment, for sure. So I thought today we would talk a little bit about chiropractic care for migraines. As a licensed naturopathic physician, we learn those same techniques, those spinal adjustment techniques that chiropractors use, and that's part of our scope of practice as well. And then in addition to the chiropractic adjustment toolkit, we also learn the osteopathic 
adjustment toolkit as well. So naturopathic medicine incorporates chiropractic and osteopathic adjustment techniques. And that's within our scope of practice in most states that we're licensed in. So I feel qualified to talk with people about what are sort of the pros and cons of chiropractic care for migraines. And the options out there and all of that. Yeah. I'm excited because this is going to be a lot of new information for me too. (laughs) Good. I have kind of a phobia, I think, around chiropractic. I've been to one when my, what's that nerve down at the bottom of your back? It went out and I could barely walk for a while. And sciatic nerve? Yes, thank you. Words are hard today. (laughs) But like, you know, everything turned out and, and everything. I was fine, but just there's something like unsettling to me about having someone like crack you apart. You know, like it just, it's kind of a little creepy. <laughs> I stay away from this area of medicine. So I, it'll be interesting to hear all of the information and good tidbits that you know. Well, good. Well, why don't I start with sort of the history of chiropractic medicine and sort of the philosophy of disease that chiropractic works off of? So chiropractic medicine assumes that the reason why we get sick is because one or more of the nerves that come out of the spine and innervate an area of the body, sort of connect to an area of the body, if that nerve were to get pinched or impinged, then that would alter the function of that area of the body that the nerve serves, or it could impair the function of the body that that nerve serves. So for example, the nerves originate in the brain, then they go down the spinal cord, right, which is a big bundle of nerves that are coming from the brain. And then in between each vertebrae, the nerve exits and then innervates or serves that particular area. So if you think about where your lungs are in your torso, the nerves that innervate or serve the lungs, they come out of you know, out of the spinal cord and pass through your vertebrae and innervate the lung. So if that nerve is then pinched, if there's a misalignment in your vertebrae that's sort of pinching the nerve a little bit or impinging on the nerve, then in chiropractic theory, the signals going to the lungs are not going to be sent properly. They're not going to be received properly. And then that's going to impair your lung function. And so that might mean that somebody then becomes extremely susceptible to getting, say, bronchitis or pneumonia after a simple cold or a seasonal flu. And you certainly, you know, I certainly know people. I used to be one of them. Every time they get a cold or a flu, they're, you know, recovering for a month because it, you know, settles in their lungs and they need L, you know, steroid inhaler and antibiotic and the whole deal, right? It's sort of like, oh, my lungs are weak. Everything goes to my lungs. You know, why is this? And so in chiropractic philosophy, they would attribute that to that nerve that is serving the lungs being impinged or pinched or compromised, that type of thing. And that would be rooted in the vertebrae not being in proper alignment. So can I ask a silly question really quick? No, go ahead. Has all that been validated by like actual research? Like, I know that's probably a silly question, but I'm like, okay, but show me the data. (laughs) 
this sounds cool, but I want to know, like, on the other hand, have they researched it and proven that? Like, I just, I wonder. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a great question. Now, I am not a chiropractor. If I were talking to a chiropractor, they would probably be able to produce studies to that effect. Definitely what I have seen in clinical practice is that this can be an issue for people. What I have seen is that it's not as much as an issue as the chiropractors would have you believe, but I have seen it be an issue. That's fair. And yeah. <laughs> So any joint can get a little bit out of alignment. I mean, you can actually have like a dislocation, but there's a much subtler misalignment that can take place in our joints before something is actually dislocated. And so this is where osteopathic medicine, the old time osteopaths, this was their specialty, bringing all of the joints of the body back into alignment. So the osteopaths develop techniques to, you know, bring your wrist bones into alignment or even a particular wrist bone into alignment or, you know, bring your patella on your knee back into alignment, bring your hip bone back into alignment. So when I was in naturopathic medical school, we had to learn the osteopathic adjustment techniques for every joint in the body, as well as the chiropractic techniques that are specific just to the spine. So the difference between osteopathic medicine and chiropractic comes down to the philosophy of where the disease originates. So in chiropractic medicine, the disease is originating because the outflow of the nerves from the spinal cord is being impinged and affecting the area that that particular nerve serves versus in osteopathic medicine, the problem is arising because that local area, there's a misalignment in the joint in that local area. And if you fix that, then within the local area, it's actually going to heal. So osteopaths, they would adjust the ribs, the spine, the wrist, the elbow, the knee, the hip, you know, every joint. Whereas chiropractic was very much centered on those nerves coming out of the spinal cord and therefore the spine itself adjusting that area. So that's the underlying philosophy of disease. Now, in naturopathic medicine, we don't believe that the fundamental reason why someone is sick is because there's a nerve impingement, and that's it. So in naturopathic medicine, we believe that people get sick for the three main reasons that I talk about on this podcast and in my free trainings, that the real fundamental root of why people get sick is because they don't have the nutrients that their cells need to function properly. I call that the first principle. Their cells are swimming in metabolic waste material. We have a buildup of metabolic waste material and toxins. It has to be cleared from the body. I call that the second principle. And then the third principle is we don't have enough vitality. We don't have enough resiliency and vitality. So within naturopathic medicine, there's an acknowledgement that if you have an anatomical misalignment or you have an anatomical issue, you want to correct that. So like, for example, if I have a splinter in my eye and my eye is all red, well, first I want to get the splinter out and then I want to support the healing of the eye. So if my wrist hurts and there's a wrist bone out of alignment, it's very helpful to get that bone back in alignment, but your wrist may still hurt even when all of the bones are in alignment. So within naturopathic medicine, we 
acknowledge the importance of having our anatomy correctly aligned, that our anatomy is in the right place, but we don't consider that to be a fundamental issue as to why people are chronically ill. Yeah, it reminds me of how we've talked about like how migraine sufferers often have several other issues that are out of alignment in or when they're suffering, like their stomach, the digestion, like it's not just necessarily one thing and that might not be the cause, but it's kind of part of the whole package. <laughs> Correct. Yes, you stated that perfectly and it illuminates sort of the critique of chiropractic as it relates to migraines. Migraines, it's different than head pain. It's different than a headache. So migraines is a multi-system disturbance, if you will, a multi-system neurological disturbance that takes place. You know, a headache is, oh, my head hurts, but I'm not, you know, I'm not nauseous. I'm not having difficulty finding words. I'm not seeing, you know, zigzag stuff in my eyes. I'm not dizzy. I'm not having tingling, right? It's like, oh yeah, my head hurts. Man. That- well, there was a, a quite a few group posts this week of different symptomology. And it's like the variety of things that people have symptom wise really blows my mind. You know, like to me, a migraine, if, if I suffer a migraine, usually my vision goes out and I can only see half of a person's face. I start seeing like holes in like distance. Like I can't quite see everything. And then if I don't like lay down and like take a nap pretty quick, I'll end up in pain. But that's kind of the gist of it. So listening to people talk about being shaky or like, I don't even know, there were so many different symptoms. It was really mind blowing to me. So, you know, that is not going to be the root cause of that is not going to be, oh, my C1, C2 vertebrae are out of alignment and a nerve is getting pinched. Yeah. So if I, if I pop that into place, I'll be able to find words again. (laughs) It seems like a jump. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Now, if our C1, C2 vertebrae are out of alignment and that nerve is getting pinched, yeah, we can have some neck pain. And, you know, if we are holding our neck, Right. Because then when you're in pain, you kind of baby the area, you hold your body differently. You know, you might scrunch your shoulder up a little bit trying to baby that side of your neck. And then before you know it, oh, well, now the back of my head is tense, tensing my shoulder. Right. You can then that pain, that muscle pain basically can migrate or, you know, kind of spread to other areas. But again, for those of us that know what a migraine is, right, we know, okay, migraine is not my shoulders tense. (laughs) People can have neck pain and shoulder pain and muscle tension with their migraine. That can be a migraine symptom, but migraines are much more than just, yeah, you know, my neck's tight when my neck hurts when I move my neck. So when people have kind of plain old head pain and they're not having migraines, then it's much more likely that a therapy like chiropractic is going to be helpful. If people have some head pain, some neck pain, and they have no other symptoms, then it's going to be much more likely that chiropractic is going to help them. Because really, you know, if, if we just get the vertebrae back into alignment and that nerve isn't pinched anymore, we're going to be good to go. But like you just said, women with chronic migraines They have other symptoms, even over and above the migraine, the complex migraine symptoms that they have. They have other symptoms over and above the migraines themselves. 
Now, they may be told that they don't have any other health concerns by their doctor, and you'll recall that podcast that we did a couple weeks ago on this topic, right? But just because your blood work comes back normal and they don't find anything on imaging doesn't mean you are in a state of health. Most women with chronic migraines have other symptoms. They have other health concerns. They may not realize it, but that's the case. And, you know, you rattled off a lot of those other health concerns or other symptoms that people have, and they may not even realize that they're symptoms. We can probably link to that other show in the comments too, if you want to go back and listen to, I think it was why my doctor's saying I'm healthy, but I I feel like crap. (laughs) That was Uh definitely not the actual (laughs) title. So don't go Googling it like that. But (laughs) right. I think we called it help. My daughter says I'm healthy or my, uh, my doctor says I'm healthy. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Don't judge me. I wasn't as eloquent, but it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So when we have, you know, when we have high cholesterol, we have high blood pressure, we have irritable bowel syndrome, we have nausea and heartburn, we feel dizzy whenever we get up from a seated position, when we have difficulty sleeping at night, when we have low energy throughout the day and we feel real fatigued, right? we have a lot more going on than just a pinched nerve. So with chiropractic, just to kind of summarize what are you know, when is this a good therapy to consider? I would consider chiropractic if you don't have any other symptoms going on and you have localized pain, which is very different than migraine pain or a migraine flare. Right. Well, and I guess maybe this would be my question. Like a lot of the treatments that people recommend in the group, it seems like they either take the edge off or they might help for a little bit, or, you know, maybe a few visits with a chiropractor might help, but then it will stop helping. So I guess, is it possible that if I have migraines that are chronic, and I go to the chiropractor a few times, maybe I'll feel better for a short term, but because you're not addressing the actual problems, you're going to get it back. Is that kind of how you see it? So yes, Absolutely. So let's break down why this happens, because this is an important point to understand with chiropractic too. So how do the vertebrae get out of alignment in the first place? That is a very good question. (laughs) So the, you know, our spine is not just going down our back. It's covered with muscles that keep the spine in place. So even for a vertebrae to get out of alignment, you have to have the muscles pulling it out of alignment. You can have an injury that might move the bone, move the vertebrae, and then it kind of gets stuck out of place. That can happen with an injury, but that's not very common. Well, I mean, we're dealing with like, I slept on the wrong pillow last night. (laughs) Yeah, people have neck pain and back pain and they've never had an injury, right? So, you know, definitely if you've had an injury, I would highly recommend going to a competent chiropractor or an old school osteopath that actually knows how to adjust the joints, which not every osteopath now has been trained in that. That's kind of a dying art within the osteopathic profession. But yeah, if you've if you've been injured, I would highly recommend making sure that nothing has gotten sort of knocked out of alignment, right? But that's not the case for most people. What has happened is because there's lacking 
in those three principles within those muscles that are keeping the vertebrae in place. So if, again, you think of those muscles that are keeping your spine in place, these three principles apply at the cellular level of your muscles. So if your muscles don't have the nutrients that they need to function properly, they're going to have a hard time holding the vertebrae in place. If those muscle cells are swimming in metabolic waste material, they're not going to be able to hold your vertebrae in place. And if the, at the cellular level, there isn't enough vitality, they're not going to be able to hold the muscle in place. So it's like kryptonite to Superman. Like they're not going to be able to do their job because they have the metabolic waste and they're not getting the nutrients and the vitality, right? Correct. So those three principles apply at a cellular level. They apply at an organ level, organ system level, whole body level. So at the cellular level or at the tissue level, if those muscles don't have what they need, then they're not going to be able to do their job properly and hold your spine in place. And so this is the main reason why the vertebrae sort of gets a little bit out of whack anyway. And you go into the chiropractor and they say, oh, you know, your C1, C2 is out of alignment. And they go crunch, right? They give you a little crack <laughs> and they push it back into place right? and they send you off. Now, has the issue been addressed at the level of the muscle? No, it hasn't. And so then what happens is, well, the muscles say, well, you know, I was in this position because I was, I didn't have the nutrients and I'm swimming in metabolic waste material and I don't have the vitality. So this is where I have to hold myself. And so then poop, it's going to pop. <laughs> it's going to pop that vertebrae out again, right? So then you go back. Oh, it didn't hold. And then crunch, right? You get another adjustment. Oh, okay. That feels better. Well, again, was the fundamental issue in the tissue addressed? No, it wasn't. So this is why people have to go back to the chiropractor. The chiropractors will say, well, I need you to come in three times a week for a month to get this taken care of. So in naturopathic medicine, what we learned when I was in naturopathic medical school and what I have seen in practice is we are not just, you know, kind of forcing the joint back in place. We're addressing those three principles, getting those three principles, sort of getting the boxes checked at the tissue level then your muscles are going to hold your joints in the proper place. So this is a real critical piece to understand. Yeah, I was just going to ask, it'd be really interesting to survey people who have done three weeks or three visits a week for three months to see if they really feel like it's actually made a big difference in their migraines. And if you stop going to the chiropractor, you're back to square one. It'd be really interesting. And there's another issue within the chiropractic profession. So I talked about kind of the dirty little secret in naturopathic medicine in a previous podcast. There's, I wouldn't call it a dirty little secret within chiropractic, but there is an issue within the chiropractic profession too. The profession is divided. And so within the chiropractic profession, they have what are called the straights and the mixers. So the straights are the chiropractors that only do chiropractic adjustment and they don't do any other therapeutic interventions. They're straight chiropractic. And the Palmer School in Iowa, that was the first chiropractic college and they are sort of like the headquarters of the straights. And then you have 
National University, used to be called National College of Chiropractic, now it's called National University of Health Sciences in Lombard, Illinois, they were formed kind of as a competing school to the Palmer School, and they are kind of the headquarters of the mixers. So the mixers will do chiropractic care and other natural therapeutics. I think that's part of why I have a phobia about the chiropractic field, because I have been to both kinds. And I feel like when you go to a chiropractor, you don't know what you're getting into. Like, are they going to throw herbs at me or pop my back? And I, I, maybe it's just me, but I feel like I need to know what I'm getting into before I get there, you know? Absolutely. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want that? So yeah, that's a distinction within the chiropractic community. There's a little bit of a feud (laughs) going on there and you have the straights and the mixers. So yeah, you can go into a chiropractic office and if they're a straight, they are only going to crack your back and that's the only therapy that they're going to use. If they're a mixer, then they will probably practice what is called functional medicine in addition to chiropractic, which we're going to do a podcast on functional medicine too in the coming weeks. But the mixers, they're going to do like nutritional supplementation while they're cracking your back, or they might do acupuncture and crack your back, that type of thing. They're going to use other therapeutics. They're not just going to rely on adjusting your spine as the therapy. Well, and this was, as begs an interesting question of like, we talked about licensing requirements. Like are those doctors only licensed as chiropractors or are they also licensed in naturopathic medicine? Or like, I think there's a lot of fuzziness in that field, (laughs) you know? So yeah, so it's a great question. So I'm not as knowledgeable on chiropractic licensing as I am on naturopathic medicine licensing, but that licensing is also going to be done at the state level. So if you want to learn more about naturopathic medical licensing, check out that podcast that I did on the dark secret in naturopathic medicine. I talk about that in depth, but medical licensing, whether it's your medical doctor, osteopathic doctor, chiropractor, naturopathic doctor, acupuncturist, all licensing of healthcare providers is done at the state level. So different states are going to have different scopes of practice for chiropractors. Just like in naturopathic medical licensing, different states have different scopes of practice for naturopathic doctors. So for example, in the state of Arizona, where I was trained and where I hold my license, we have the widest scope of practice in the country. So we can prescribe medications, we can order blood work and imaging, we can do minor surgical procedures in the office, we can diagnose and treat disease, we can use our natural medicine therapeutics, etc. You have a state like Connecticut, where Connecticut licensed naturopathic doctors, but they cannot prescribe medication in the state of Connecticut, for example. So different states in naturopathic medical licensing will have a different scope of practice, different therapies you're allowed to use and therapies you're not allowed to use, whether they're natural or conventional. The same is true within chiropractic. So you would have some states that would allow chiropractors to order lab work and do blood draws in the office, for example. You'd have other states that wouldn't allow chiropractors 
to order blood work or do blood draws in the office. So that could change, right? So if you're going to, again, I don't know like the specifics, like I don't know what the chiropractic scope of practice is where you live, Mary, in Utah, but you maybe you go to a chiropractor in Utah and they, they're not allowed to do that much. Here in Illinois, where I live now, chiropractors have a very wide scope of practice because this college, this national university is in Lombard, Illinois, has been there over a hundred years. That's a mixer school of chiropractic. So they have within the state of Illinois, you know, they've really advocated for this large scope of practice for their chiropractors. So yeah, so that'll vary also depending on the state. So yeah, you have, you know, you don't know is your, is the chiropractor you see is, are they a straight or a mixer? And then what's the scope of practice in the state? So back to the whole, you know, is this going to really work thing? It sounds to me like we were, you know, we were talking about the limitations as far as you're addressing a nerve that's being pinched, but we're not getting to the root cause. Right. So to me, like I will, you know, I offer a free consultation call and I have done many calls over the years, free consultation calls over the years with women who say, you know, uh, I was in a car accident and I had a neck injury as a result. And after that, I started getting migraines. Now they have literally no other symptoms. And it's not just, oh, well, my doctor says I'm healthy, therefore I must be healthy. I actually ask them, I kind of do a little investigation. Do you have any other symptoms? Mm-hmm. Like no digestion, digestion issues, no, I don't know, trembling or and nothing. They're just 100% normal otherwise. Okay. Correct. And so in those cases, I say, you know what, I really think you should get in to a chiropractor first. And if that doesn't solve the problem, reach back out to me. But if we have a deficiency, if we have missing pieces or blockers within those three principles, then we are going to have, the body is going to start generating symptoms, other symptoms. If we have a vertebrae out of alignment that's pinching a nerve and causing pain in the area, well, then we we have to get that fixed, right? It's kind of like removing the splinter from your eye. We got to get that out first. You just can't put eye drops in the eye. Well, why is my eye still red? Why is my eye still tearing up? It's like, well, I got to get the splinter out. Because it's not going to get any better until you take the original issue out of your eye. (laughs) Correct. So as part of my assessment process, if I think somebody needs chiropractic care, I can't deliver that because I work with people over the phone. So if I think people need that, I will definitely recommend that. But the, you know, most chronic migraine sufferers are not in that boat. Now I want to talk about too, okay, well, what about, what about I did have an injury and I did get chiropractic care and I'm still suffering, right? The, I keep being told my C1, C2 is out of alignment. How come it's not holding, right? How come I never recovered from the injury? So this is where, again, if we, in, in order for the body to heal from an injury, that area that has been injured, you have to have those boxes checked within those three principles. So if we get in a car accident and we have a whiplash injury, we have an injury to our neck tissue, we have to have enough nutrients at the cellular level or at the tissue level for the healing to take place. We cannot have the tissue swimming in metabolic waste material, right? The, in, the waste material that's going to be generated by the healing process has to be flushed out of the area and removed from the body. And then two, we have to have enough vitality at the cellular level or at the tissue level for the healing to take place. 
So again, when I'm working with people, when I'm assessing people, I'm looking for those indications because just because we've had an injury, you know, if we had an injury 10 years ago, it's like, well, how come I never recovered? I keep going into the chiropractor. I keep getting these adjustments, right? But it was 10 years ago. How come I never recovered? This is very different than, you know, three months ago I got in an accident and I just, you know, oh, I just, oh, my neck has just never been right since then. And I'm now I'm getting migraines. It's a totally different scenario. How come I've never healed and recovered from the injury? So again, just continually, you know, for 10 years, getting the vertebrae back into place is not going to address those three principles at the cellular level or at the tissue level. And this is why people will say, well, I've never felt well since I was in that car accident. Right. It just makes me sad for our little muscles and our little cells. <laughs> right? Yes. Come on, guys. Let's take care of you, you know? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right? I mean, we have 30 to 40 trillion cells. It's overwhelming. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing, right? And they all have to have the nutrients that they need to function properly. And they all generate metabolic waste material that has to be removed first from the cell and then removed from the body. And then we have to have enough energy or vitality at a cellular level for the cell to function properly. They've actually measured this in, you know, they've actually measured the voltage of cells that are functioning properly. We have to have enough voltage, enough energy, enough vitality at the cellular level. It's really fascinating. That's 30 to 40 trillion physical cells. And then we have our mental and emotional aspect. So, you know, if we have suffered a post-traumatic response because of the injury, well, guess what? We're going to have to address that as well, because on the mental and emotional side, that can be inhibiting the physical healing. I just have a silly question, but I keep seeing a book recommended to me called The Body Keeps Score. I've not read it yet, but I love the title because like, it's so easy. Like we've talked about in other episodes, it's so easy to separate the mind from the body. And we either address one or the other, but never both. And I think that's such a fascinating, you know, idea and kind of silly that it doesn't seem automatic to consider it, but it's like they work together. They're one and the same and you can't separate one from the other. You have to do both, right? Absolutely. Are you familiar with that book or? Absolutely. Yeah. It is a real iconic book in this area. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm definitely reading it now. (laughs) Yeah. No, I would highly recommend that. And again, just getting your back cracked is not going to address anything on the mental and emotional side. I think it's so interesting that you brought up trauma because I think that once you've been through something traumatic, and even if it's just like a high amount of stress in your life, like I'm not even talking about big trauma, like big T trauma, your body does feel heavier, you know, like it just feels sluggish or kind of like it's weighed down with the, the stress or the weight of trauma. So addressing that is critical, it sounds like. Well, in beginning of February, I was actually at a stoplight. I was taking my daughter to school. So it was early in the morning. I was at a stoplight, the first stoplight I encounter after I leave my neighborhood. So it's a very familiar intersection to me. And my daughter and I were chit-chatting. I knew the light was still red. I wasn't even paying attention to anything behind me because I'm at a stoplight. And all of a sudden, 
we were hit from behind with a lot of force. And there was a pickup behind me and he thought, I, I don't know what was going through his mind, but when he said, oh, I thought we were moving. So for some reason, he hit the gas and slammed like into the back of us. <laughs> oh, no. You know, he slammed into the back of us with his pickup truck. And I had never been in that level of an accident before. And I was not physically injured. And thank God my daughter was not physically injured. The back of my car was pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty compromised by this pickup truck. But, you know, not even suffering a physical injury from that, I literally could not drive the car off the road to a parking lot just to the right of us for like a minute. I mean, I, I was completely like out of my body due to that. And, you know, we drove over, exchanged information, et cetera. But I couldn't, I couldn't work that day. I had to cancel my calls with my clients because I was not fully like in my body. And it took a couple days for me to feel like I was really securely back in my body. And that was doing some of the natural therapeutics that I know to help me clear that post-traumatic response that was generated by an accident where there weren't even any injuries. And I I was at a stop and as, as hard as he hit us, it's not like he was going 55 miles an hour. I believe he was stopped behind us. Again, I don't know for certain because I wasn't really looking in my rearview mirror, but I don't think he was coming at us, you know, 45 miles an hour from a great distance. I think he was probably stopped behind us and something made him hit the gas pedal thinking that we were moving. So just, you know, that level of impact, it really on the mental and emotional side, it really, really can impact people. It sounds like it just jarred, jarred you, like for lack of a better word. And, you know, you probably were flooded with cortisol and adrenaline. And hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It takes a while <laughs> to get those hormones to like flush out of my body or something. I don't I don't really know how it works, but it feels like it like your cells are, I don't know, on high alert for a while. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, trauma is very interesting. And I could probably go on and on about that. Just like I've been through four bank robberies. So oh my goodness, yeah. <laughs> I'm very familiar with that feeling of out of body and just like you go on autopilot, you get done what you need to get done. But then when you come back to reality, so to speak, it's very like your body is just kind of jolted for a while. It's a very weird experience. But anyways, we probably are way off topic now. But at the same time, I know we were talking about, you know, having the vitality to, to heal our body. And a good chunk of that is the emotional piece. So yeah. So very good. Any other questions on chiropractic? Yeah, I, I think we covered it really well that there is a definite place for chiropractic care. Um, I was I think so. I, 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 I believe that I, I'm not a naysayer with chiropractic care, but my hope is that I've addressed some of the limitations of chiropractic care so that people can use it when it's appropriate. And I think it's a good thing in your care as a, a doctor that, you know, a lot of times we just go to a doctor or chiropractor and they're like, oh, yep, I can help you for sure. Rather than what I've seen you do, where you triage the patients and you're like, wait, this is actually better to be served as a chiropractor because it's a physical injury rather than part of the three principles. I think that says a lot about the process you do. I think it would be helpful if more chiropractors 
understood the limitations of the therapy. You know, like, you know, started the podcast talking about this chiropractor. Oh, yeah, I have 500 new patients this year so far. And it's like, well, okay, you know, how many of those people needed a deeper level of care than just having their back cracked? Because if you're working with 500 people a year, you're n- you can't you can't provide that deeper level of care. It's not possible. There isn't enough time in the day to work with 500 new people. I don't even know what the math is on that, but it does not sound yeah, like it, <laughs> it, it's 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 not going to happen. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And yeah. so again, you know, if somebody has a misalignment and putting that back into place that can help people right but we we have to have the tissue that's holding the joint in place that the tissue has to be functioning properly at an optimal level right we can't have mental and emotional aspects that might be contributing to the misalignment etc right so i think there's a definite place for it but i think that my critique of chiropractors would be you know let's have an honest assessment of the potential of the therapy and the limit and the limitations of the therapy. That makes sense to me. Well, very good. Well, thank you, Mary. Thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, I actually learned a lot today. <laughs> good. Yeah. Maybe I will get rid of my phobia now. <laughs> well, one more thing I actually will add on that. So not all chiropractors do that high force adjustment. That's called high force adjustment where they <laughs> they really get in there and give so it a good old snap. <laughs> So there are chiropractors that do a low force adjustment, a very low force adjustment. There are some different chiropractic techniques that some chiropractors will use. I am not trained in the low force techniques. I was trained in the high force techniques, but I know that there are some chiropractors that do this low force technique. So for somebody like you, where it's like, yeah, you know what, I don't know if I'm comfortable having somebody come in and, and yeah, sometimes people don't like that cracking sound that you can hear, etc. So in that case, I would look for a low force practitioner. That would be a better fit. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask you earlier, we talked about the cranial sacral thing and you said that was under a massage therapist genre. So I don't know if you wanted to explain some of those other arenas. Yeah, so let's talk about cranial sacral therapy. So cranial sacral therapy is an offshoot of actual cranial bone osteopathy or osteopathic adjustment. So there was a famous osteopath, because again, remember the osteopaths, this used to be their specialty, adjusting and realigning all the joints in the body, including the cranial bones, the joints in our skull. Okay. The skull is not just one big bone, right? So our cranial bones, there there are sutures in between our cranial bones that allow the bones of the cranium to move slightly. And that allows the brain to move slightly. So there was, and forgive me, my name, uh, his name escapes me, but there was a famous osteopath that developed a technique for adjusting the bones in the cranium. Now, this takes a lot of training. 
I have not been trained in this area. This is kind of on my list to get trained in this area, but it's a lower priority for me right now because I work with people over the phone and I'm not going to be able to practice that right now. Anyway, one of my future goals is to have an actual inpatient center for chronic migraine sufferers to come to, and then that therapy could be put into use. But this osteopathic doctor developed this specific technique for adjusting the bones in the skull. Now, it it requires a lot of training to master the technique. And I am actually highly involved in an organization called Naturopathic Medicine Institute that has actually sort of restored the training and is actually offering training in this technique because it's kind of like a dying art. But the osteopathic doctor, before he passed, he realized, you know, it's going to take a lot of training to really master this technique. So what could be done where I can teach a simpler way of adjusting the bones in the cranium that isn't going to require so much training. It's not going to be as powerful, but at least we could have more practitioners out there that could at least approach this, do a little bit of adjustment without all of this training required. And so he developed the cranial sacral technique. And this has been trained within like massage therapists, naturopathic doctors, chiropractors, osteopaths, different practitioners have gone through that training, which again is not as powerful, not as in-depth as the full osteopathic technique, but it will have, I would say, a little bit of benefit. So that's cranial sacral. Again, I think if somebody had, so I used to personally see a practitioner that would do cranial sacral technique and I've had it performed on me many times, not for migraines, but just as part of her overall therapy session, this is what she would do. It is not a very obvious technique. So if somebody had a head injury and actually had a misalignment in the bones of their skull, cranial sacral therapy would not be strong enough, so to speak, to actually correct that. It is much more of kind of like a balancing technique. It's not really going to be appropriate for somebody that actually has a misalignment in the bones of the cranium. Okay. So there's a place for it, but it's not going to, again, be like a fix at all for a migraine sufferer. I think there's a minimal place for it. I would endorse actual chiropractic adjustment if indicated much more frequently than I would recommend cranial sacral therapy. Interesting. Okay. That's good to know because we do see that recommended in the group quite a bit as well. So Mm -hmm. yeah. And a lot of, you know, the original doctor that developed it, he has passed away. And so there's a lot of other people now kind of training people on cranial sacral therapy. So I think that it's gotten a little diluted as this is, you know, kind of like telephone game almost. And so I think that the typical massage therapist or, you know, that type of practitioner that is offering cranial sacral for somebody with chronic migraines, I would really, I would expect minimal impact. Okay. Oh, good to hear that. Like, you know, it's hard to weed out all of the the treatments that may or may not be helpful. So Mm -hmm, definitely. And it doesn't sound like it addresses the three principles in the first place at all. Mm -mm. (laughs) Okay. So that was my last question. Yeah. That was great to know. Awesome. Well, great. Well, thanks again for joining me. Yeah. Well, very good. And thank you for listening. Before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast.
And do you have someone in your life who would benefit from what we talked about today? If so, please share on your social media. And if you want to stay connected, join my free migraine Facebook group with over 12,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life. Go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar ND on Facebook or HealingMigrainesNaturally.com and we'll redirect you to the group. Well, wonderful, Mary. Thanks again. I will talk to you soon. See you then. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and other popular podcast platforms. Do you have someone in your life who would benefit from what we talked about today? Please share it with them. Share on your social media. Share within other migraine Facebook groups that you are in. We really want to get the word out that you can recover your health and stop getting chronic migraines. And if you want to stay connected, join my free migraine Facebook group with over 11,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life. Go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, ND, on Facebook or to HealingMigrainesNaturally.com and we'll redirect you to the Facebook group.